0: Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking. We're really going to rescue it today. You're going to love us in an hour if you don't already. We're rescuing it from the daily grind. We're doing it in red lips and no denim jumpers. There might be a little gardener under under our fingernails because it's harvest season, but we've harvest season. (laughs) But we've we've got this. Uh, Shay, how are you? This morning, I am well. It's good to be back. I missed you. I missed you. Podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is the first day of school in the Parisian farm girl household. I know you guys started midweek last week. Yes. Are we adjusting okay? How are we doing? Yes,
1: we're doing well. Um, (laughs) I got to say, thanks to everyone. We were just going to take Labor Day off, come back Thursday, but. I don't know how many of you have homeschooled four kids, but it's sort of like uh, you're naked and somebody has a fire hose and they're just like, you know,
0: blasting you with it. And it stings and it hurts. And and um, you're outside in Wisconsin in February while it's happening. That's that's, what it feels like. I mean, we're adjusting well, but that's sort of what it feels like. (laughs) Please make it stop. Please send more dry farm. It's <laughs> like, no, yeah. it's, yeah. it's
1: so good. Gosh, what a blessing. I mean, mm-hmm. watching my kids just develop and grow. It's, it's so good. But if y'all are doing it and you're thinking this is hard, like I just must not have the skills. Um, no, no, it's, no, no, no. It's,
0: it's not you. <laughs>
1: it's not you. It's homeschooling. It's not you. It's homeschool.
0: Yeah. It's so hard.
1: And what I have found, and I, I'm really grateful for this actually. I mean this is a whole other episode but like mm-hmm. I've realized that most things just kind of come down to discipline. And I'm like stop complaining, stop taking shortcuts, stop mm-hmm. like it's just discipline.
0: Yeah. There's no magic people
1: like- unfortunately. <laughs> um a huge thank you by the way to American Blossom Linens for sponsoring. Season 8 of Homemaker Chic. Speaking of discipline. Speaking of. If you haven't changed your sheets in a while, go change your sheets. Okay? make Do the discipline. Do the hard thing. Make your bed. Make under your bed. Clean it all out. Make it a blessed place to be. And do visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code Homemaker Chic 20 for 20% off of your purchase with them. Um, we love them. And I think that you know, our theme, make your bed for seasoning. Mm-hmm. This was the segue to like, just be disciplined. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. It's yep. Oh, um, well, my bed is glamorous. I'll tell you what. Well, I, tricked, yes, it. It can be I tricked it out last week. I went and got a down comforter, down <laughs> mattress pad. I put my American Blossom yeah, Linen baby. Duvet over the down comforter. I bought a few extra pillows. So now it's like bed and breakfast quantity pillows. You know, like six, and then all the throws—it's ridiculous. It's like I love pillows. So do I. It's just like landing on a cloud. It's just lovely. Oh, it's lovely. Um. Okay. We need to talk wine, and then I'm super jazzed about today. So let's uh. Oh, quick, quick, cue the wine music because I got something to say. Music. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. All right. All right. This is the part of the podcast where we encourage you to pour a glass with us. Yes, it's Monday. Maybe you're listening to this on Monday afternoon and it's wine time where you are. Pour a glass and belly up with us as we dive into our interview today. This is the part of the podcast that is sponsored by our beloved Dry Farm Wines. We want you to visit dryfarmwines.com and use... No, sorry. dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker no coupon code I'll required. make her shake
0: and stock your wife I'll make her chic.
1: She- she- uh, are you sure
0: oh gosh how long have we been doing this for yep <laughs> I'm a million percent positive <laughs> Shay
1: okay maybe you should take over I'll just drink the coffee
0: <laughs> why do we drink did, did we give Barnes the right coupon Angela? code for American Blossom <laughs> That's what I want yes. to know. Homemaker Chic 20 for American Blossom for 20% off. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker for beautiful, organic, biodynamic. You said
1: homemaker chic. I,
0: is it for, I for said it for wrong. homemaker chic. Now
1: we've both done it wrong. What you've yeah, done to me. Whatever.
0: <laughs> they know what it is. It's dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker oh. chic because that's what okay. we are. We can't talk, okay. but we are chic. Um, so this company is going to send you three, six, nine, twelve, or twelve bottles from small family farms around the world. So, ladies, no added sugar, no GMO yeast, no purple dye. So that when you're visiting with friends and you're like talking, you know you've looked at your girlfriend and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, your teeth are totally purple." When you're having somebody over, so none of that. This is just pure goodness, and this is the wine that we choose to stock our wine cabinets with because it complements everything else that we're doing in our life. We're living, we're trying to eat clean, live clean, Mm -hmm. be chic and tidy and fabulous, and so we choose Dry Farm, and we invite you to do the same. If you're a first-time customer, Dry Farm is going to send you an extra bottle for a penny, which is super cool. I wish I was a first-time customer. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Okay, so what are we sipping today? Okay, Monday, so Monday. over the weekend,
0: we had this, um, well, in French, it's dossier. I don't know how you're going to say that in Italian. I suppose I need to spruce up my Italian a little. Mm. This is a vino rosso, and um, it's from the Piedmont region, Monforte d'Alba, Italia, and it was lovely. Uh, we're doing We're doing a lot of yes. burgers Right now, I'm just in a red meat, have a hamburger on the weekend mood, and so I made a big salad, nothing fancy, just good brioche buns and burgers, and this is the wine that we enjoyed Delicious. for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I love
1: pairing wine with things like that, where you wouldn't maybe typically you'd have like a beer or like a yeah. you know.
0: Oh no, it just kind something. of takes it. I, I make it. a really good mayonnaise, you know. Yeah. So you just you're taking a really like normal meal, burgers, and just elevating it a little bit. Yeah. Which I think we're gonna talk a little bit on Thursday about. So that'll be fun. Yes. Um, But today, here's the thing. Yes. We have a special guest for you. And this is very uh, exciting for me. I know it's exciting for you too, but like right now, this is the space I'm in because I just launched the uh, holiday harvest edition, harvest holiday edition of Old World Design Society. So I'm in this like interior design mode. Like, that's what is all incoming the last few weeks. And we just did a huge paint job in our living room. Painted the beams, painted all the trim, the ceiling, the walls, everything. It's gorgeous. So this is the mental space, like the arena I've been playing in for the last few weeks. Yes. So we are extremely excited to bring on our special guest.
1: Yes. This one feels like a celebrity to me.
0: Uh, This is a little... Yeah, my armpits are sweating. I'm kind
1: of geeking out a little bit. So we hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Marian Parsons. Let's get to it. So
0: without any further delay, we are so excited to welcome our guest this Monday. This is kind of a big deal because this lady's in our kitchens with Mm -hmm. us. Every single day, Shay, I think mm-hmm. she's in my bathroom. My bathroom,
1: my <laughs> living room, <laughs> my bedroom,
0: <laughs> right? Ms. I sound you make me sound like a stalker.
3: Right?
1: Right? Miss
0: Marion Parsons, welcome to Homemaker Chic. Audience, you are probably more familiar or might be more familiar with her as Miss Mustard Seed, the founder of Miss Mustard Seed. She's got a beautiful new book that we're here to talk about today. Feels like home. Welcome mm-hmm. to the show. Thank you.
1: Oh, it's good to (laughs) chat with you, girls. Yeah, this is very exciting. Actually, a little
0: fangirly. We're Mm -hmm. a little excited. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So,
0: so so.
1: Yes. So, Marion, you're in Minnesota. Is this right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Midwest. Midwest. (laughs) We got a strong pull for the Midwest here on Homemaker (laughs) Chic. So,
0: you're oh good. good. Yeah, I'm a new new Midwesterner. Okay. Yeah. I'm up in Door County, Wisconsin. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm
3: -hmm. Not too far away. Yeah.
0: No, not too far away. Yeah. So, Miss
1: Mustard Seed has, ladies, so you know, has been sold. So, Marion is not the owner of that line anymore. But this is initially how we got introduced to Marion was through Miss Mustard Seed Paint. And what I loved about this line of paint was, When I moved to my house and I was very unsure, um, feeling a little unstable in my design choices, I could go to that line and be like, these are good colors. (laughs) Like they're telling you these are good ones. Trust trust, you like her aesthetic, like just trust the process, (laughs) just choose one of these. And the result of that is so many things around me now are painted in those hues that just, I mean, you nailed them, you nailed
0: them. So oh, good thank on ya. you. Thank well, you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have um trophy. Is it trophy? I think the brownish mm-hmm. one in my uh, downstairs powder room and it's got like a skip trowel technique on the walls and then the trophy just falls in all the nooks and crannies. And so I love it because it's like a more rustic Venetian plaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it has that that look to it.
3: Yeah, yes. I I loved developing the colors for that line. That was my favorite part really. Was like in my basement mixing a bunch of pigments until I came up. I I have loved paint and color since I was a child. And so um getting to, I knew exactly the colors in my head that I wanted to create. So it just, it, that was like the best and, and easiest part of owning a paint mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. was creating all those colors. And I, I still love them. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Isn't it so them. true?
1: Like <laughs> a business it's the front end, the creating part is so fun. It's all the stuff on the back end. You're like, can't somebody else do that? Like you want me to fill out quarterly taxes and like, ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
3: it's and I think that now, but I think that's a thing that like there's so much talk about the creative work and all of that, but it's like there's a whole lot that comes along with it, especially right. something like a paint line, like liability issues and label laws and mm-hmm. um label laws that are different depending <laughs> on the country and the state that you're selling import, export. I mean, there's just like. So many things that when you're in your basement, mixing up the colors and getting super excited about the palette, you just don't, you don't even (laughs) think about all of that. I had so many, so many nights of
0: tears over the paint line for those reasons. (laughs) I can't imagine that's something Shay and I, you know, the three of us are all entrepreneurs and we,
2: Mm -hmm. those are the
0: bad day phone calls. We're like, could someone just, I just want to be the creative person. Yep. Um, Right. I I think you and I have something in common where, oh, shay, go ahead. Were you going to say something?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I sent you a text message yesterday in all caps that said, can't I just create things for a living?
0: Right. (laughs) Do I I have to do the grown-up side of it? Yeah.
1: Profit loss. What are we talking about?
0: All right. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I think that you and I have something in common in that. um, I read that when you were house hunting, you were looking for an old house. Mm
2: -hmm. And I love
0: that. An old house in the Midwest shouldn't be that difficult to find in theory. We were doing the same when we moved here to Door County. I've always lived in an old home. I wanted an old house. I would have moved to the east and bought like a colonial ramshackle, you know, giant hearths, giant hearths you can stand up in sort of home. But it still shocks me. We ended up in a 1984 weird eco house. You know, and and we're just—I always tell people—we're dialing back the clock. We're deconstructing to make it look old. So I'd love to hear um, a mm-hmm. little bit some details about about your hunt for a home and like how did you process that in in landing in something that wasn't old? Because we have a lot of listeners that are renting, they're um, new moms, and they're looking to really create a cozy, warm vibe in their house. And a lot of them, they messaged us like they're fighting against the architecture. They're fighting against the aesthetic. Oops. I hit my mic. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
3: Well, first of all, that's really, this topic is what the book feels like home is born out of is what, at least what I see on Instagram and in magazines, the, the things that I'm interested in are older homes or custom built homes. And, the majority of people don't live in those homes. We live in, you know, just kind of a typical suburban cookie cutter home. And when we were moving to Minnesota, so we moved from Pennsylvania in the Gettysburg area where <laughs> stone, and 1800 yeah. farmhouses are like everywhere. We moved from this great 1948 Cape Cod in this little two stoplight town with orchards all around it. So when I'm, why did to- you do that?
1: Why did I you know. do that?
3: <laughs> when your husband gets a job somewhere, oh. that's just what you mean, just have to move. So we were really excited about moving to Minnesota though. We actually are people who like cold weather and, um, we, we love this area. We're in the Rochester area. We came where we came to visit. We loved it. And so I'm imagining like, The quintessential white clapboard siding Minnesota farmhouse surrounded by cornfields. I'm like, this is going to be great. (laughs) Farm, (laughs) (laughs) right? Okay, so they are here, but they're like, you know, an hour away from where my husband works, where the kids are going to go to school, and it just was completely impractical to look at older homes. Um, And the old homes that were in the Rochester area. Um, we're way out of our budget. Uh, they were in the downtown area. We weren't looking to live in a downtown area. Having lived in one already wasn't great for the ages of our kids. And so we ended up in a 13 year old suburban home with a two story foyer, which I like specifically said, I don't want that (laughs) because I don't like them. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it is, everything was beige. Everything was cream and beige. The tile, the carpet, the woodwork, the walls, everything. Um, So I was really disappointed. And as someone who shares my blog online and who's really into decorating and everything, I was like, this is going to be like the most boring (laughs) blog journey ever. Like watch me move into a beige... Right. <laughs> Here's my house reveal, like a beige <laughs> house. Here you go. Okay. So we have to,
0: I have we, to interrupt you. You got to tell her.
1: Yeah. We have to tell you, um, Angela, why don't you tell her since it's your invention?
0: Well, I, it's actually from an old commercial I saw like probably 15 years ago. Um, we call it Beige Land. Beige Land. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome.
3: exactly, exactly what this was. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's That's what this was. A sea yeah. of beige. but. There were great things about this house. And I had to really like take a step back from my own expectations and be like, okay, it's a great layout. It has perfect space for my business. It's perfect for our family. And it had a lot of great details like custom built-ins and it has a split staircase, which I had always wanted a back staircase. So I, I loved that had transom windows over some of the doors. I mean, it had some great details. And I was I needed to not bring all this like disappointment of like this house isn't that Minnesota old farmhouse that I wanted and and really really appreciate this house for what it was and so I really talk about that in the book first of all I share that journey because I think a lot of people have that in their house hunt they have an idea of what they want and then it doesn't work because of location or budget constraints especially in a market like this where Mm -hmm. everything is really expensive Mm -hmm. and you have to sort of temper those expectations and and I feel like it's so important and I learned with this house just to like it's not me versus the house it's a collaboration where we're working together and I need to really listen to what is the style of this house? How can I work with it? How does my style work with the style of the house to come together to make it the best it can be. And what I learned is that a lot of the primitive antiques and things that I had in this little 1948 Cape Cod just shrank under the higher ceilings and the larger rooms. They looked grungy against the newer finishes. Mm -hmm. And so, but the style that worked really well in the house was more European antiques and sort of a French country style. So, which I had pieces like that. So I just sort of, I didn't change my style. I just, sort of nudged it a little bit in the direction that worked better with the house. And I think if people were kind of open to doing that instead of like, I'm going to beat this house into submission, Mm -hmm. uh, instead of doing that to really view it as a collaboration and see, okay, where are the touch points between the home style and my style? And Mm -hmm. how can we bring out the best of of both to make for a, a beautiful home that not only looks good, but that as the title says, it feels like home. And that's the conversation really of, of this book is that it's not about trends. It's not about making it so it's Instagram worthy. It's about what feels like home to you. And that's going to look different. It's going to be a different definition for every person. And um, so it was fun to kind of have that conversation in the book. And I'm excited now that it's coming out in the world so I can have that conversation mm-hmm. with more people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: The first thing I wrote down from the book. When I was reading it, I have it right here. Practicality overrides dreams. (laughs) And I think, yes, I genuinely think that sounds maybe counter to a lot of the cultural things that we're told. I think that's very important because what happens is that people do go into a situation with these expectations, these dreams, this, I deserve this, and this is what I want. And this is what I'm capable of getting. And then life happens real life happens you have mm-hmm. kids that have to go to school you have a husband that has to be able to commute to his job and that can be seen as a failure if you're not in your heart isn't in the right place so we a lot of times on this podcast we talk about the heart posture like you have to have that right mm-hmm. circumstances change um but i think you hit the nail on the head with that of you have to realistically look at what's possible what you can do hold that in a little bubble of practicality and then you know get to a get to a place where your heart can be at peace and be like here's where we are how do we make the most of it so that that idea of playing with your house and listening to it i love that and i think that's so valuable for people to hear when they're not in their ideal situation
3: Yeah, and I think few of us are. I mean, there are some people who it's like, I've bought my forever home and now, but even people who buy their forever home end up moving in a few years because of jobs or because of whatever. And so I think, um, I think it's important not to wait until you are in that perfect situation because that may never happen. You can spend years and years of your life waiting for, you know, what that forever home or that dream home when There's a lot you can do where you are right now, whether you rent, whether it's a temporary living situation, you know, you're moving soon, whether it's, you know, a suburban house with a two story foyer when that was on your this is not what I want list in a new Mm -hmm. house. Um, Yeah, I think embracing where we are, it's kind of that old, you know, that old cliche of blooming where you're planted. Mm -hmm. And so many of us don't do that. We're just, we're just waiting, me included. Mm -hmm. I, I find myself waiting for the next. The next thing and having to really intentionally say no i I want to embrace where I am and really mm-hmm. um enjoy the home enjoy the process of making it feel like our home and um man, so much is gained in that process too mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I like what you said about like just nudging your personal style in a little bit of a new direction uh in this house um yeah I love a french country like a southern french country um mm-hmm. but i'm in a more colonial shaped three story house and it's winter like 8 months of the year and so for <laughs> <Yeah>. me to <laughs> add that provence vibe i just feel like it was just going to fight everything that you know yeah. the area the climate the construction of the house and so i like tweaked it i want a little north i want a little normandy and mm-hmm. british and it's working great and had i I had to kind of like ruminate on that. Had I initially like was able, had the budget or time to go with all my ideas, uh, it would have been bad. I always, I find that Mm -hmm. sometimes when there's a delay in the process, then the house can speak to you and you talk about your, you tell your readers to listen to their home. And I wondered how that's worked for you and what you, what you would say to them.
3: Yeah, there were things right away I knew I wanted to do. Like I'm sitting, I'm recording in my studio, which is a converted sunroom. It was a a unfinished space. It was all wood. And I knew I wanted to paint it all. We knew we needed to finish it. So we focused on projects like that, that we knew right away we wanted to do that, that we needed to do in order to make the spaces functional for us. But there were a lot of things that I waited years on doing because I really needed... Like the master bedroom was a good example. I knew as soon as we put our furniture in that it was too small for that room. It looked so dinky. This room is huge. It's like unnecessarily huge, which is really nice. But I had never had a huge bedroom. (laughs) My rooms were always... I was used to cozy and maximizing storage space and everything. And I didn't know what to do with this much room. And so I really needed to rethink the furniture choices. The scale was wrong, but it just, it took time. It took a few years to really Mm -hmm. feel and figure out the space. And I think it's easy to get in a rush or it's easy to watch people work on their homes and, you know, they finish a room in a month or a room is finished over the span of a one hour TV show or a whole house is finished over the span of a one hour TV show. So we feel this like, gosh, what's wrong with me? Why is it taking me so long to get this done? When I think that's actually a strategy that can help you, not rush into decisions that you end up regretting. Like you were just saying that's a great example that you kind of have this vision of this Tuscan look in your home and you realized after living there, this is not what's really going to work in the space. I've got to rethink this. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people to be patient with the process. It just doesn't we might feel a sense of urgency, but there's there it's not a race. There's no rush. and Mm -hmm. I've as I've said it unless the room is just like completely impractical it's not going to work for what you need it to work for um a room is not going to force you to work on it it's you know you can set your own timetable and get it done when it like Mm -hmm. when you know 100% what you want to do the budget's there
1: and you're ready to go Mm -hmm. I was on the phone with Angela yesterday actually we have this um a living room that has these huge windows. So you talk a lot about focal points in your book, right? So like establishing your focal point, we have a fireplace in this room and we have two walls, almost full walls that are windows overlooking this river. And it's beautiful. Six years we've lived in this house yesterday. It struck me what curtains I needed. They have been uncovered for six years. And I got a few, I tried them. I sent them back, you know, I've done different types. And yesterday it just came to me like, like quite literally just dropped in my lap was like, you need Navy and cream striped curtains. So it was and good just... for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good very exciting you. day.
3: <laughs> yeah. Good for you for just waiting and not like putting some, just throwing something up there that you knew like in your gut yeah. was not right. And wasn't going to work that. I think that takes, it takes some restraint to do that, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. say like, I'm not going to spend the money now. I don't, or I'm going to return these curtains, even though functionally they'll be fine. They're not going to work. Yeah. Um, well, I've done plenty
1: of that, too. I've done yeah. like, again, when we moved to this house, I'm like, I love this French country vibe. You know, I want this sort of estate feel. So the first curtains that I ordered for this room were velvet. They were kind of this like forest green velvet. They were terrible because the house is not <laughs> in a state at all. I mean, it's like this little sunken stucco cottage in the middle, middle of orchards. Like it has no there's nothing stately about it. But Mm -hmm. again, you're, you're bringing this baggage of like, okay, we finally got a house and here's what it's going to be. And Mm. wow. If I, I would have saved myself a lot of time and money if I would have read your book six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it wasn't even an idea then. So (laughs) I mean, even now when I'm out antiquing, I'll see beautiful things. And I'm like, I love this 100% still doesn't have a place in my house. Mm -hmm. And that takes like a whole level of discipline that you have to develop, I think.
3: Oh, totally. Yeah, I, so I bought and sold antiques when I lived in Pennsylvania and I don't do that here. And I've had to like reprogram myself because it used to be, I could buy something knowing, okay, it's a good deal. I can resell it for more. But if I want to use it in my house, I can do that. So I had kind of this constant rotation of things to try and test out. And now I can't do that because I don't have that outflow, that place mm-hmm. to sell pieces. And so I have to be, you know, so much more intentional about mm-hmm. do I have the perfect spot for it? Is it really going to work? It's not loving it alone is not enough because mm-hmm. we can. You can fill your house with all this stuff that you really love, and then you can't even see it or, Mm -hmm. or interact with it in any sort of meaningful way. And so, um, or yeah, or it just doesn't, the house and the thing don't work together. It just doesn't work. And so I think that it, um, loving it is not enough. You've got to have some other like boxes that need to be checked before mm-hmm. you buy things for your home or to recognize when things aren't working, like mm-hmm. returning something. Or um, I do love using like Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist to sell things that aren't working and then you know replace it with something that's gonna be much better for the space. I just did that in my basement actually. I had an old empire dresser, this beautiful piece that I've had for years. I hated selling it, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't the right piece for that, that space. I wanted a taller piece. I needed a different kind of storage solution. So um, so I sold that on Facebook Marketplace and then I bought this beautiful cabinet that's really perfect at an
1: antique market just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We would like to thank American Blossom Linens for not only being our favorite linen company in the entire world, but also for sponsoring season eight, Make Your Bed of Homemaker Chic podcast. AmericanBlossomLinens.com Use coupon code Homemaker Chic 20 to get 20% off of your new bed linens. As we head into fall, as we redress our beds, and as we celebrate this theme of making your bed even more beautiful, we want you to do so with American Blossom Linens. Whether you're looking for beautiful, modern vintage sheets to dress your bed, or a new duvet cover, or a new pillowcase, this is where you need to grow. This is the only 100% American-owned linen company in the entire United States. This is a family-owned company that's over 100 years old, sourcing the most beautiful Texas-grown cotton and weaving them into sheets that are made to last a lifetime. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com, use coupon code homemaker sheath 20 for 20% off of your new bedding we get asked a lot how we care for our skin and what kind of makeup we use and the answer is simple we use tubes and co i want you to visit Tupesandco.com and use the coupon code homemaker this is your one-stop shop for all things natural and organic from face washings you have to check out the charcoal bar glow serums which is probably the most beautiful thing i've ever put on my face emily has created all kinds of wonderful products for you to utilize on your skin so whether you're looking for a new foundation a natural mascara cruelty free and additive free lipsticks or blushes or eyeshadows tubes and co has what you need Visit TubesandCo.com. Make sure you also try the Frankincense Tallow Balm while you're there and stock your bathroom and makeup case with pure, beautiful products from Tubes Co. That's TubesandCo.com, coupon code HOMEMAKER.
0: We'd like to welcome House of Tokumen as a sponsor of the show. You can find them at hotrugs.net. If you are tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs, That do not survive your lifestyle, then you need to dress your home in hand-woven rugs from House of Tokumen. Did you know these beautiful vintage handmade rugs are known to outlast their plastic counterparts by two decades? All of the House of Tokumen rugs are heirloom quality and made from the finest cottons and shapes wool. Buy directly from their website and always enjoy free shipping in the continental U.S. or enjoy custom sourcing from a one-on-one buying experience. You are guaranteed a one-of-a-kind rug, no fake antique rugs, machine-made copies or replicas. Shay and I love our rugs from House of Tokumen, and we know that you will too. Visit House of Tokumen at HotRugs.net. That's HotRugs.net and dress your home in beautiful rugs. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. Are you craving design inspiration? Looking to skill up in decorating your own home? Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. Homemaker Chic listeners, I'm inviting you to join my Old World Design Society. Get your summer magazine while they last. And you can still be a part of our private forum for this summer and have access to four live taught interior design classes with yours truly. A unique combination of a magazine publication and online support group, the Old World Design Society is a place for individuals who cherish the elements of a bygone era. The magazine is full color with no ads and the group is alive with hundreds of members around the world sharing their homes and gaining inspiration from each other. If you love antiques, history, collections, and an overall European aesthetic, then the Old World Design Society is just for you. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com to get your summer print or digital magazine shipped out now and access the private design forum. I'll see you there. Mm -hmm. Well, being that we have eager homemakers that are um, always trying to make their home more inviting for themselves, make it nurturing for their family, I'd like to sort of walk through the house with you. And I'd love to start in the kitchen because we all know that's the heart of the home. And I'd love to Mm -hmm. hear uh, your thoughts because you're the pro. (laughs) I'd love to hear your (laughs) thoughts about making um, a kitchen the heart of the home on a because I know there's a lot of young moms in our audience and they're, you know, we're big thrifters on the show. We're always talking about thrifting and antiquing and garage. Yeah. And I know they're out there doing their moves and like sort of talk about bringing that home and transforming that space on a dime. Right.
3: Well, I think, I mean, predictably I'm going to pitch paint
1: for a kitchen that,
3: okay. (laughs) I mean,
1: paint and moving furniture. I love when you stress those points in the book. I'm like, those are the two things up my sleeve that I'm constantly whipping out. Let's paint it. Let's move the furniture it around.
3: (laughs) My, my designer, um, for my, like she did, she's done my graphic design work. She, we got to know each other very well. And so she would just make me new business cards and send them to me like when she felt like I needed them. And, one year she sent me a business card and on the front it said Miss Mustard Seed and on the back, instead of this like long, cause you know, when you're an entrepreneur trying to describe all the hats that you wear on a business card is just like ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, it just said paint enthusiast <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, you nailed it. That's exactly mm-hmm. me. And that really encapsulates so many things that I do, um, but yeah, paint is the best thing that you can do on a budget. And in every single home I have lived in, I have painted the cabinets, I've painted appliances, I've painted range hoods, I've painted tile, um, anything that like I couldn't afford to replace and I didn't like, I would just paint. So. I'm going to beat that drum all day long. Um, I think some other great budget options would be um, removing things that don't work. Editing is free and it can be a very powerful design tool. So that might mean taking off cabinet doors to kind of visually open the space a little bit more, create Mm -hmm. some open shelving without actually having to build open shelving. Although that's that's a fairly budget-friendly option, but if someone's not super DIY savvy. That could be intimidating. You can also get into issues like, is there a backsplash that then is going to have to be removed or, you know, it can, once you start removing things, you have to be strategic about how you move them, or you can get into into trouble and into a position where you're going to have to spend money to fix the problem. So, uh, just removing the cabinet doors is, you know, 10 minutes in a screwdriver, and that can give you a totally different look. Um, Tiling is something that a lot of people are intimidated by, but there's so many great tile products now, from stick-on tiles to very, very thin tiles that come on sheets that um, can be applied to a wall with an adhesive backing, as opposed to like a thin set. So there, I think tiling has become something that's more accessible and even a lot of great products that emulate tile, but are much easier to use like wallpapers and textured mm-hmm. wallpapers and um, uh, plastic paneling, things like that. Um, so I think those are good options as well. Um, a good budget option for a countertop. I will say as much as I love paint, I'm not a super fan of painting countertops because you're just gonna, I mean, if the countertops are hideous and you know, you're going to replace them eventually, like by all means, just paint them, just do it, Mm -hmm. you know, be happy with what you have. But if the plan is we're going to be living in this kitchen for, you know, 10 years, five years, um, the paint is just more than likely. It's going to take a beating with, uh, water is the big problem. Um, a lot of people are about cutting on countertops, but I'm like, okay, pay attention to what you do in your kitchen. How often do you actually cut on your countertops? And most of the time people use a cutting board or something else. So anyway, uh, but a great budget option for replacing countertops is butcher block. And that's something that is a, I would say it's an intermediate to an advanced DIY project, but um, it is doable, uh, especially if you have a local cabinet shop you can partner with. They can do some of the more complicated cuts for you. And then you can install those. Um, that's much more budget-friendly than something like quartz or, you know, some kind of stone um, or, mm-hmm. or solid surface countertop. So, those are a few options, a few budget-friendly ideas. Oh, I thought of one more, replacing the hardware. That's another one. that's oh, yeah. Um, All day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. easy easy fix box lot,
0: eBay yes (laughs) yes
1: Yes. definitely I want to go back to what you said about painting like um appliances I'm like what's that word what's the word yeah painting appliances (laughs) tell me about this and or what paint did you use like I've never seen I don't think I've seen a painted appliance I've seen covered appliances
0: like auto paint right like well, them? it depends
3: on the appliance. So something like a dishwasher or like a dishwasher panel or a refrigerator, you can really paint in any paint you want. The key is using a primer that's going mm-hmm. to adhere to it. So I would use something like a stick primer, a really good bonding adhesive Mm -hmm. primer. Um, And then you can really use any paint you want. I've seen people use like chalkboard paint or just colors that they like. Um, They may be want it to look matte. They maybe want it to look glossy. It just, you can really paint it in any color you want because the paint is not going to interfere with the function of the piece. It just changes the look of it. So Mm. it just depends on how daring you're going to be. I think you could even use something like contact paper if you want to, uh, you know, put, put a pattern or design on it. Um, I mean, it, again, it depends on like how out there you want to go. Okay. Um, if you want the appliance to look more traditional, there is like appliance paint that's like glossy white or glossy black. That's going to look much more like a, mm. a out of the store kind of appliance, um, and then for stoves and ovens, they make special appliance paint that's made for the high heat. So that would be the only appliance that I would really caution to make sure that you're using the right product, that also any elements are you know removed or taped off when you're painting it. Um, I know people who have taken their appliances, their stoves to um, an auto body shop to have them painted. So that mm. that's an option as mm. well, um, especially if you get a really great deal on like a fantastic range, but it just is really dinged up and needs to be repainted. That could be a budget friendly option. But yeah, that's you really intriguing. can paint just about yeah. anything.
1: Yeah. I have a stainless steel dishwasher that I very much dislike, but I very much like having
0: a dishwasher.
2: Yeah. And well,
0: yes. <laughs> That yeah, you some it? ideas. I did um remember in McHenry? Well, this I think maybe mm-hmm. this was before you even read my blog, Shay. But no, I it's not I bought I bought a big <laughs> square of like the sticky ceiling tiles mm-hmm. and I did that on my dishwasher. That's that right. Fabulous. I had an old That's main brilliant. dishwasher and, went, and then I faux finished it and looked really cool. I did it to mm-hmm. match my cabinets and yeah. Okay. This is exciting. Writing.
3: Now I I I like there's the, something I, I'll tell you. Okay. I love I love. This is the first house that I've had that I think is like a super nice house. When we moved in, and I felt like, gosh, I kind of, I kind of want to live in a house that's a little dumpier because I think (laughs) I think you have more options. Yeah, it's bad. It's like you can't ruin it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. It's Mm -hmm. like, sorry, perfectly good countertop. Let me rip you out just because I don't like you. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it feel it's. I think it's it's more challenging to me to work in a home that has some nicer finishes and people made good choices with, yeah. um, you know, the cabinetry and stuff. I'm like,
0: I'm sorry, I'm going to paint you. Cause I just yeah. don't like you. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Oh, Marion, you're going to have to come for a visit here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm always removing perfectly good doors. Yeah. My husband. <laughs> No. there it yep. goes that's a really good door you know that's like a $900 door <laughs> <I'm> like $900 <laughs> worth of ugly like, right well can we
3: replace it with the $5 flea market exactly, door like, I call crusty. it neut-
0: neutralizing the <laughs> ugly like when you first mm-hmm. move into something when if so if there's beige carpeting or something ugly and you don't initially have a design plan like I'm not a big all-white person but that's when I'd be like just neutralize it so your brain can think and you're not always thinking about, oh, this is so ugly. You can mm-hmm. just yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the all white thing, I actually took a screenshot today of,
1: of a, one of the pages on your book. Um. Okay. Hold, hold, please. Oh, wait, I'm going backwards <laughs> <laughs> because I want to talk about this all white thing. Okay. This is the quote. Uh, it's on page 38. This seems obvious, but we are trained to buy things for our home that are neutral or expected. When you browse furniture and home decor offerings online or in stores, a large percentage of what is available is beige, gray, white, and brown. It's inoffensive and quiet. It's meant to shrink into the background in the hopes that it will stay that way for at least a decade and it won't look dated. (laughs) Um, I feel this. We're so afraid of making the wrong decision or one that we'll be embarrassed about in five years, that we settle for things that are commonplace and safe. And you do, you're very gracious. You say, and I totally understand that. I'm a little bit more critical and I'm like, come on, just (laughs) just be bold, you know, just be bold because it's actually a hard time if you're going to sort of standard box stores, it's actually a very hard time to get anything other than neutrals. I mean, you have to like, you got to go to the paint, you got to go to vintage furniture stores. You got to go, you have to go just to find anything other than neutrals. I walked down a pillow aisle a couple of weeks ago and it was just, just neutrals, very boring. And I, I get it. I think, you know, Uh, I know I'm not hating on Joanna guys, so don't send me hate mail, but I think she, what she did is she made it possible for, you know, the average person who didn't understand color or texture or design to design their house. And she made that possible because she said, okay, take color out of the equation. We're just going to play with textures and people can do that. It made it, it simplified it for people. So when they go out, they're like, I know what I need. I need green plants and I need white paints and I need neutral throws. And it, it just made it possible for people to do that so but it's boring for it is <laughs> for all well, intents I, and purposes it's also not practical for most families yeah
3: yeah i think an all white or all neutral space it can actually be harder for people to design because it's mm. so new nu- it's so nuanced Um, it, it, while it's easier to match everything, I think it can be because it relies so much on texture and shape and composition of the space. And that does take sort of a critical Mm -hmm. eye, but I do get that when you take color out of the equation, um, I think it takes that stress out because man, picking a paint color, like gosh, it's Mm -hmm. hard for people who are even really gifted with color because it just, um, colors are so subjective and mm-hmm. they are influenced so much by what's around them that mm-hmm. a color that works great in one room doesn't work in the next simply because of something as basic as uh the yellow tone of the floor reflects mm-hmm. off of them and makes a blue wall of green so and it's like that. yeah, what mm-hmm. just happened yeah it's like how did it yeah. how did this change the color so much so color is so hard. So I get that. Like just paint your walls white or paint your walls neutral and I I don't uh, knock that for anybody. I think if where you're going to start is just with something that's really neutral then like that's okay. Go mm-hmm. ahead and do that. But um but I do want to encourage people to add their personality to the space because putting together a room that looks like something that's, you know, from a catalog, it it that doesn't I don't know. We don't look at that and be like, oh, that looks so homey, like it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. But does that look like where you live your life? So mm-hmm. I, I want to encourage people to embrace the things that are are homey, that really feel like home, because that's it's not about just the beautiful space. It's about how does it function? How does it feel?
1: Well, and color is so incredibly powerful for that. I mean, color changes your mood. It changes the mood of a space. And I think that's why people get scared of it because they're like, what mood am I in? What mood do I want to have? (laughs) Uh, Do I want people to walk in and say, whoa, that's like, that's a pretty bold greeting. You're like, yeah, I love it. It makes me happy when I see it. But you have to be confident in that. That's hard.
3: Well, and matching colors is hard too. And um, I think people pull out the paint first thing because you know the walls are dingy or they're a color they don't like but actually paint should be kind of a little later in the process because uh you can match paint to anything
2: mm-hmm. you
3: can't match anything to paint try painting a wall and then finding a fabric to match it's right. a challenge and so um paint mm-hmm. should really come a little bit later in the process so you can get kind of the big fabrics and patterns into place before you, you know, pick your wall color. So then you can pick your wall color that matches or that complements, or that works with it. So Mm -hmm. um, what I did when I moved into this house, it had this um, creamy peach off white everywhere in on the walls, on the trim, um, same color everywhere. And so I knew like, I can't live with this. I just can't live with it. So I'm, I'm going to paint knowing I'm going to probably choose a different color once mm-hmm. I've lived with it for a while. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you just have to paint because you can't live with it, then yeah. um, then go ahead. But I think it was just last year that we finally got that color out of the last room. It took kind of that long to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to make, make it through the house and mm-hmm. uh, pick the colors that were really going to work for each space.
0: Okay. I was reading this and you got me very excited and it's not a really good time for me to be this jounced because it's (laughs) it's time for me to clean up my garden and we start homeschool on Monday. But when I read about starching fabric to my walls, oh, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I am going to be scouring the internet for like fabulous bolts of fabric. Like can I even just have it peeling off in the corners and looking tattered and marvelous? Please tell yeah, us how to I, do that. Like I'm so
3: excited. I am so shocked that that is not just like a common um way to treat walls because well, when you when I read it I'm like why didn't I think of that? duh i just mm-hmm. yeah come
0: on well, let's do this
3: <laughs> it's an old military wives trick that okay. i saw my my mom use and she learned from other military wives because you know when you're moving from so i grew up as a military brat in military housing so i watched my mom use contact paper to cover these really ugly green countertops and make them look like a faux butcher block and she did all of these little clever things to make this house, um, this little 900 square foot apartment feel like our home, Mm -hmm. even though it was just temporary and she couldn't do anything permanent to the space. So one thing that we did is that this was in Germany and the bathrooms are like have partitions or usually they're separate spaces for like the toilet and the Mm -hmm. tub versus the sink. Anyway, so there was this metal partition in the bathroom that looked like, you know, a a bathroom stall in a public restroom because it's this metal divider with a door. So she starched this cute little German fabric to this metal partition. And what's so cool about starch, so it's just liquid starch, like that big blue bottle of liquid starch that you can buy in the laundry aisle. Um, You just roll that on to whatever you want to stick the fabric to stick the fabric to it and then roll on a little bit more starch and it will dry starched in place to whatever you've starched it to. And I've done it as kitchen backsplashes. My mom did it on this metal <laughs> partition. I did it on the walls in my guest room. I've done it in a bedroom before. I've used a lot of different kinds of fabrics from very lightweight to heavy wovens. They all work. They don't ever just peel off or anything until you have Peel it off, and when you peel it off, it does not damage the wall. It just peels right off, and you can actually wash the fabric and reuse it for a different project or a different room later on. So, it's brilliant for renters. Oh, for you, like, we I, know, I we
2: go <laughs>
3: <laughs> and the interviews over <laughs> both like and curtain. right and curtains. <laughs> It's well, such a good trick. And especially now that so, wallpaper is making this resurgence. Yeah. And I know a lot of people yeah, are like, it really is. I can't strip wallpaper again in my lifetime. I can't do it. So fabric, right. it's also but, cheaper usually. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's a good option yeah. because the peel and stick is really not cheap. I it's was so so expensive. very
3: expensive. Beautiful,
0: like Swedish peel and stick wallpaper in yes. my bathroom. And it was going to be like $1,200. Yes.
3: Yeah. It's super expensive. Um, So
0: you use a paint roller? Yes. So it's Mm -hmm. not spray like the aerosol starch.
3: No, no, no. You use a roller. I put it in a paint tray just like I would paint and roll it on. It's a little like it's thin. So it's a little drippy and stuff. But, um, you know, it's. Mm It's pretty easy to do, and then I'll, especially if you're doing a whole room, I'll mm-hmm. use thumbtacks and tack the fabric into place. If I'm doing it by myself, it's mm-hmm. if you have another hand, someone who can kind of hold it while you're starching it down. But mm-hmm. it's so forgiving because if it's not placed right, you just lift it up and put more starch on, and and then do you put your
0: um, trim kind of over the edge? I was gonna say, yeah. Have you ever done the baseboard and the trim?
3: <laughs> so. In our bedroom, it it was a woven fabric that was harder to get a straight cut. It was a thick woven fabric. So I did end up putting a little flat trim around the edge of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could use, I know um, an an upholstered look is especially big in Europe. So you could actually use like a trim, Mm -hmm. a piece of fabric trim that you'd use on a piece of upholstery to make it look sort of like an upholstered wall. That would be one option. Um, but with most fabrics, like especially just plain old cotton or, you know, a linen or something, you just can cut it with a very sharp exacto knife or utility knife, and it'll have a nice straight edge. And then I'll kind of take a little bit of starch and just sort of smooth out any little frays or anything. So it can actually meet the trim or you can put the trim over it. It just gotcha. depends on kind of the, the fabric and what your, you know, uh, the look. You're going for, but a a raw edge will be fine in most fabrics. Yeah, remember that?
1: Uh, green, the green silk that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went into this antique store and it's huge, and the walls are just covered in green silk. Green silk. Oh, wow! Oh, it was extraordinary. Yeah, just extraordinary. Um, I love this idea and now I'm sweating and I have
0: responsibilities I today and that this is not <laughs> good. <laughs> well, like, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but think about how many options, like little sweet chintz for a little girl's room, or like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. There are and a I lot, thought, yeah. Even with, just a yeah. linen
3: to get like a really beautiful texture. There's a great, sure. um, I love, uh, I think it's fabrics-store.com that have, you can get linen when they have sales. You can get this beautiful linen for like, five dollars a yard um I used it actually for the curtains behind me and I mean it's just a great mm-hmm. way to add texture pattern color oh, yeah. whatever to your walls um in a way that's not permanent that's the thing it's like if you don't like it in a few
1: years again take it down wash mm-hmm. it use the fabric for something else yeah, and switch it out well you know I love this idea because I do like to switch things up I that's why I'm that's why I love paint so much Um, And especially that's why I love milk paint because I don't even have to buy a gallon. I can just mix up like a teeny little Mason jar and just repaint a chair or a little piece of furniture. And it's just that, that energy and that momentum that makes it feel like I'm still here. I'm still present. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is fresh and this is beautiful and paint is so powerful for that. That's why I'm all about moving furniture. I'm like, make it feel new to you. You don't have to spend a dime just seasonally you switch things up, you know, yep. um, I have a peel and stick wallpaper that's in my coat closet and I put it up maybe three years ago and I still like it. I don't love it anymore. Um, so what I love about this is, you know, for a very relatively small amount of money, you have that ability to just keep things reflective of where you're at right then, yeah. yeah. Cause that does change.
3: Yeah, I think especially if you're sort of a creative or very visual or, you know, you're you really uh, kind of vibe off of your space. It it is nice to do that, to make those changes and updates so that it the space really just speaks to you, resonates Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. It's not like when you see that closet like, oh, well, yeah, I like that three years ago. I don't love it now. Right. Um, Yeah. We put in
1: new floors, you put in new curtains, you get a new couch and all of a sudden the relevance maybe gets the, the change gets, you know, it changes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did swoon a little bit when I opened the book to see Monticello. Yes. Yeah. I was like, ah, it's like, I've never Mm -hmm. been there. That's on my list. But, um, I know Thomas Jefferson worked so long on his house. Do you know if that was to actually finish it or was he constantly involved in, um, So I
3: know for, for several years, he lived in little, um, like, I don't know what it's called now. It it was just this little tiny two story, like one little room on top of the other looks almost like a little guard house now or something off to the side. There are two of them. His family lived in one of those. And what's cool in the tours, you can actually go and kind of peek in and see and they have a little bedroom living eating area set up in another um and they lived there for quite a while while they were working on the the larger part of the home but i know he worked on the home extensively because he kept having new ideas okay. and new you know new
2: see that's new the <laughs> vision for what it
3: could could be and um yeah i mean obviously he was an idea person mm-hmm. a great creative yes. and right. um yeah so the tours really interesting in that as i was writing the book about you know the home that we live in. That's what came to mind. Is here's someone who's a brilliant architect. His architecture is still revered today. Um, incredibly inventive and creative, and and you know had his own was able to design his own home and oversee all of the building of it. And still, it was this very lengthy, decades long process that he was never quite finished with. And I think that, that story kind of, you know, rattled around in my head as I was writing this book, that it's like, even something that is so that's custom fitted for us is still going to be this ongoing evolution Mm -hmm. because we are creatures of change Mm -hmm. and we're always growing and evolving. And so that's going to be true of the spaces that we use. We're going to need different things um, from them in different stages of life. We're, sometimes we're going to need more space. Sometimes we're going to need things that are very kid-friendly. And other times we're going to need less space or mm-hmm. we need something that's all on one level or mm-hmm. we need something that can accommodate a business. Mm-hmm. So I, it just... I think that we just have to be open to that um to that evolution and whether it's tweaking the home that we're in or yeah, having to mm-hmm. move for a job or it's just kind of a, a part of life.
1: I feel so justified in all my changes right? now. Like I'm evolving. <laughs> I'm the person right. of the change. Oh, Stuart's yeah. like, really? Again, we're gonna do this again. I have the uh, <laughs> that... <laughs>
3: Your, your home is, is your, sorry, I was going to say no, no. your home, your home is dynamic. It's yeah. not a, it, 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 it's, um, I, I talk about it in the, um, in the book, how it's like when you put on a glove, you know, it's, it's this inanimate object, but when you put it on, you, you animate it with, with what's inside. And I think mm-hmm. that the, the same thing is true of a house that when a family is living in it, it, they start to animate the house and um that is going to require then changes and modifications yeah. to adapt to the family living there and it's going to continue to evolve
1: as as we grow and change so yep. yeah
3: so be justified in
1: that i love that okay well why don't you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you how they can stay connected to what you have going on and when does the book officially when is like the published date
3: so the book i'll just dropping things on the floor there it is. Oh, There's there the it is.
1: Fabulous. Um,
3: so the book feels like home. It comes out October 12th. So just not too far away. Yes. And um, it, if you want to find me elsewhere, then you can really, if you just Google Miss mustard seed, you'll find me, but I'm also at Miss mustard seed on Instagram. That's a good place to connect with me. And, and um, I'm at Miss
1: Wonderful. okay love that well thanks for coming on um can you just be our official homemaker chic like interior design consultant done fabulous that's great i need a little just give me a little badge and I'll... Okay. that's that's great <laughs> we have yeah. a,
0: we have a, a, like official honorary co-host oh i would
1: yes i would love to you guys you're yes. my people you're you're i'd love to talk to you anytime Definitely. fabulous all right. all right well thanks so, so much for joining us today and ladies, we will see you again on Thursday. Thursday. All right. Cheers.
0: Cheers.